Welcome back, guys. This podcast is brought to you by RPG Coffee Company, a veteran-owned and operated socially responsible coffee company born to support members of the military, law enforcement, and firefighting communities by donating 50% of their profits. The true secret to living is giving. And don't forget to join the RPG Coffee Club today. Don't wait until you run out. Stay ready to rock by having RPG Coffee delivered straight to your door each month with our coffee club. Thank you, everybody, for joining in to another episode of Bucks of America Podcast. Your host here, Jeff Vance, and tonight's guest is a legend in the industry. I have Chris Ham from HHA. We're going to be talking about a few new accessories that the real estate came to market, along with the upcoming season of HHA USA that uh, myself and several of my friends are going to be attending and recording podcasts throughout the season. So pay attention to those when they drop. So, Chris, man, how has your season been? Like last year, you had a good year, and then this season's been really busy. So, you're going to be doing any turkey hunting this year? I am. I haven't. Uh, I haven't turkey hunted for probably 15 years. I just. I. I know some people have the turkey bug really bad, and I just. I never got it. And we do have a lot of turkey here on uh, on my farm, and I usually let my buddies go in and hunt. But this year, I said, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna go out and take a take a crack at one of these pesky old toms. So I've got third season coming up. We'll see what see what happens. That's kind of interesting because today is the inaugural day for the opening day for Wisconsin. Uh, turkey season so i've seen a few birds pop up on my feet which is pretty exciting yeah i've had a few on my trail cams and actually my buddy uh i've got some cutty link cameras and i got a picture of him walking uh walking by his blind unfortunately this morning with only his decoy in his hand so i haven't heard from him on email yet but i'm assuming no no bird or he would have been toting it over his shoulder so that is very true and from what um some of my friends that are very successful uh craig james he's went on a podcast last year he managed to go four for four for week one, two, three, and four, he managed to get a bird. And he said the biggest thing for success is one, roosting them at the night, and then also having a variety of ranges of calls going 100 plus yards all the way down to that 30 yard range because it provides that, uh, the vocal that they need to hear to get them attention to come on in. Yeah, they can be. I mean, like I said, I haven't hunted birds for well over a dozen years, but I, I did hunt them for quite a while back in the late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, they're, they're finicky. They're just like deer. Every one of them's got their own personality and you kind of have to throw everything but the kitchen sink at them to, to get them to come in. Sometimes, sometimes they come in on a rope and other times they, it's like, you got to give them a set of hearing aids. They don't even think you're there. So. That is so true. But uh, from what everybody says is that it's exciting. They watch them call from a couple hundred yards out and you see them barreling down the road. I know I talked to Matt and Cindy and they were coming out with a brand new, uh, broadhead from veteran that they're going to be releasing for this turkey up to this coming turkey season so i'm pretty excited about it cool yeah i uh i'm still uh still waiting on my heads to come i texted kevin here a couple of days ago and i'm uh I'm, I'm anxiously looking in my mailbox for uh for a, a package from him so hopefully i can can give those guys some love if i do uh manage to score on turkey so no kid now are you going to be shot down or are you going to be doing the bow for a third week i'll be going with the bow I've, I've, I've shot two, I've only shot two turkeys in my life. This was back in the early to mid nineties when we didn't have a lot of birds in Wisconsin. So we had a, a friend from the area that would guide out in South Dakota and we hunted out there. So I, I did a spot and stock with a shotgun on my first bird. And then I got one with a bow a couple of years later. So I don't, uh, I don't, if I get one great, if I don't, I don't. So I'm, I'm going with the bow. That, that's how I've been for the last several years. This will be my first season back because last year I had an injury of my hip, but this year I'm going to get out there and set. And just hopefully get a, I may end up getting a late season tag, but it's like, I'm all right with it. Or I can go over to Minnesota because their archery season starts from day one all the way to the very end. So 
you don't have to worry about picking a week if you're only doing if you're doing shotgun, you have to. But if you're doing bow, open to close, which allows for that um, flexibility for those who are busy all the time. That's pretty nice. Yeah, I wish we'd have a little bit more liberal schedule for as far as our hunts go. But they, you can usually get tags for fourth, fifth, sixth season where we're at. So if you don't draw early, you can you can usually buy over the counter for later. And a lot of a lot of people get two two seasons. It seems like so. That is very true that they have that opportunity. The nice thing is that we have the recovery that all of our ancestors put in for the last 30 years of building up this uh, bird population, just beautiful. There is a lot of birds. Like I said, at my farm, I've got a, I've got a pile of them. There was a group of uh, eight or nine Jakes and Toms last year that I would see literally every other night that I went out in the woods to deer hunt. And then uh, second season, I had a group of, of hens that was probably pushing 30 to 35. So, and I still had them on trail camera here a couple months ago. So. That's exciting. Now, when you sit in your tree stand during hunts, during deer season, do you pick up a turkey tag just in case you have one come in range? I don't know. I probably should, but I just, I'm a, I'm a, I don't want to say a hardcore trophy hunter, but I mean, I, I usually try to pick out my target buck and, and try to put a bead on him. So I don't really want to disturb my, my spots by putting an arrow in a turkey and, and lighting the woods up. So. In the fall, I, I I get my my turkey out of the meat case, and if I'm gonna I'm gonna put an arrow on one, it's probably gonna be in the spring. So, yeah, that's I one of my one of my properties when I used to hunt in Minnesota. I used to got one get get a turkey tag from Minnesota, and but now since my new uh, the public land I'm hunting on, I don't see a whole lot of turkey signs, so I didn't opt for one this past fall. So I'm I'm still digging around looking at different public land access to find a bird, to find some birds, and then uh, set out them for the for an evening. Sure. So uh, thanks for that's that's uh, I'm, I'm excited for your season for week three to open up for you. Now I was watching earlier on that you were that you had made an announcement that you were going to be getting back into stabilizers, and now you came out with and it looks like a fantastic setup. Uh, do you want to give the audience a little bit of history on like that was one of the stable products back in the eighties? It was yeah. When my dad started HHA in 1984, our first product was a folding stabilizer. Um, we did a lot of work with our local archery club over the years and. Somebody came to him and um, at the time, all the stabilizers, you just, you had to screw them on when you, when you wanted to hunt and take them off when you, when you wanted to put them in your bow case. So the idea of a folding stabilizer came up and we were the ones that originally came out with that back in the mid eighties. Um, and it, it put a lot of food on the table for us those first, you know, four or five years that we were in business and uh, that product went away probably in the mid nineties, I would say. And then we've had two or three other stabilizers since, but you know, when, when the optimizer came out, that really kind of put us into the, into the archery stratosphere. So we focused so much of our attention on the sites that we, we hadn't really thought about revisiting a stabilizer here until the last couple of years. And, um, good friend of mine that, uh, uh, he's actually a pastor up in Wausau. He had a patented idea for an adjustable stabilizer. So that's kind of what got the whole ball rolling on us getting back into that, that category. So, uh, we took his idea and kind of put our own twist on it. So we have an adjustable six to nine inch stabilizer that allows you, instead of having to put additional weights on the end, you can actually move the, the aluminum tube up and down the, the length of the stabilizer to change the balance and kind of micro tune where you want that. Um, you can still add weights to it. But that was that was the original product we came with. And then we figured, well, as long as we're getting into the stabilizers, we might as well do some, some fixed lengths as well. So came out with a six and eight and a 10 inch uh carbon fiber stabilizer with aluminum end caps on it um, and then we also got into making slings and then we have a b-bar sidebar bracket as well so uh, we kind of jumped into that into that market with both feet back in january uh, during the virtual ata and uh, things have been going well we're, we're still 
probably going to be on on back order maybe for another week, week and a half. But uh, I, I would think by the end of next week, we'll have have full stock, you know, at all of our dealers and, and on our website for the new the new Tetra stabilizer line. So it's been pretty exciting. That is exciting. So uh, besides the development of it, do you have an idea what the science behind that between the stabilizer and the boat? Because I don't, I've, I have a few of them, but it's like I always found that I added more weight and, and I have videos there to compensate for. But maybe with your uh, breakdown, maybe it can provide me some insight about why it'd be valuable to have one on your bow. Yeah, I mean, you think back, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, even 30 years ago, you know, when the bows had a lot more vibration in them, they were, they were mainly put on there to, to balance the bow and, and to take some of that vibration out. And now the, the technology on everything has advanced so much that um, I don't want to say that they're more decoration than anything, but the, the bows are so well balanced that a lot of them don't need stabilizers. I, I know you and I, before we started recording here, you said you don't have one on yours. Um, and I think you probably noticed that your bow is pretty well balanced. Um, at the same time, one thing that I noticed, especially once I got into doing um, all the HHA USA shoots where I met you at is if you get into those longer ranges and you need, you need some balance on your bow, whether it even just be a, be a small amount, it's nice to be able to do that. So um, that's kind of where that front bar back bar comes in, especially for longer shots. It's nice to have that, that stabilization and tunability where you can add those weights or tune that, that length and the weight of the stabilizer um, just to balance the bow and just to make it more steady in hand, especially on the longer, longer shots. Now you said you came up with the six, the eight and the 10 inch. Like what are the like primary functions for that uh, from the six, the eight and the 10? Is that designed to go out to 60 to hundred yards for like, breakdown for that or, yeah, no. or just be dealer's choice on that? Yeah, there's not really a correlation between, you know, the yardage you want to shoot and, and the stabilizer. A lot of it just boils down to personal preference. Um, right now I'm shooting an eight on the front and a six on the back. Um, we offer it in the 10, eight package as well. So it, again, it just, you know, some people like a heavier bow, some people like a lighter bow, um, and like to weight it down. I mean, I've got a, a gentleman that you'll actually meet at the, at the shoot here. He's flying up from Austin, Texas, a veteran, and he's, uh, I think he's shooting 12 ounces of weights on his. I mean, he, he likes a real heavy bow. So, um, it, it really just depends on the individual and the application that they're looking to use it for. So that is interesting. That is pretty clever. Yeah, because I know I was talking to um, a few of my friends that are coming up to the, the Toma Sparta, uh, the, the Toma Warrens shoot this upcoming next month, and they're all pretty excited about it. So I'm looking forward to seeing it because the ones I've tried out, I've always been at like a 30 or 40 yard indoor range. So it's like, it didn't have a, like a full, maybe a full expo- explanation on the value of it going out to 50, 60 plus yards. Maybe now it's like with, uh, with a few folks out there that maybe give me some insight on it because I know. Because Toma Warren, they have one that go, their, their goes up to what, 100 yards or just or 80 yards? Uh, I think our long shot was 80 yards last year. So, I mean, that's one thing I noticed. You know, this is, we're obviously talking apples to oranges here, but you look at your Olympic archers. I mean, they've got 20, sometimes 30 inch stabilizers on their bow. They're, um, you know, so I guess that just shows you the, um, you know, kind of the importance of that balance, even for as good as the bows have gotten. When you've got someone that's that level of a shooter, um, that they, they need that extra, extra balance. Every little bit of, of extra weight you can get on the bow just keeps it, keeps it dead in the hand and allows you to, you know, acquire your target a lot better. We don't, we don't need that for shooting white-tailed deer and turkeys at 20 yards, but, but these Olympic archers obviously need that to, uh, to compete at the highest level. Yeah, that's very true. I just watched a, last weekend, I watched the, uh, I'm not sure what open it was, but it's down in Mexico. And it was just, it was a really windy day as a female, uh, recurve one and they, yeah, again they have a really long stabilizer but 
those ladies that were competing were 18, 19 years old, competing at, a, at an Olympic level and watching them struggle with that wind. It's like, it's just amazing how much that stabilizer actually helped them out because they're aiming way off target to try to get back to that uh, eight or 10 ring uh, spot there. Yeah. It was very neck and neck watching the finals and that. It was very impressive. That's a different level of accuracy that uh, probably you and I are never even going to come close to, but it's fun to watch. I I don't think so. That's why I like watching. I showed it my daughter so she could watch because it's like I told her, it's like this is something that you can you can work your way up to, and and so some of the other things you can do in in high school, and especially like opening up your avenue of different uh, people you can meet and get to open up to all kinds of fun doors. You bet. Yeah, that that makes me think of one of our local archery shops up the road that uh, he just got into S3DA last year, but even before that, he's got a great kids program, and I think in the summer he has between 120 and 140 kids every year that come through his doors for for archery training, and I mean there's kids that uh, are, are probably just getting ready to get into kindergarten that are almost better shooters than I am. It's just amazing what, uh, what you can do at, uh, at that age with the equipment and the right training these days. Exactly. And it's, I almost kind of wish that a, like during the mid nineties that I got into archery when I lived out in the country, because I could, or we had the open space to be able to reach out to a hundred yards. And, but it was just wasn't in our wheelhouse because my dad was primarily a firearm hunter. So because he messed up his shoulder during farming back in the in the seventies and such, and it just never has been the same. So he stuck with uh, muzzleloader. So he wanted to have some type of a challenge. That's what stuck with that particular uh, method of firearm. Sure. So now you 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 were ta- before we started hit before I hit the record button. You were talking about this new Piccaninny system that uh, that Hoyt came out. Or, like, you, you, are you competing with Hoyt, or is that something that came to you? No, they they came to us. They were just looking for kind of a different angle on mounting a bow sight so they came to us and a couple of our competitors and instead of mounting the bow sight to the side of the bow with two 1024 cap head screws like you would normally do they actually attached a picatinny rail to the front of the riser and so that actually brings the sight closer to to the center of the bow um and i was actually just talking to my sales manager about this last week he he just mounted his on his hoyt last week to to play around with it a little bit and just notice the difference having the sight that much closer um, it definitely affects the balance. So again, that's that's where a stabilizer is going to come in, especially like a back bar to kind of offset where your sight is at on the bow. Um, but yeah, re- really interesting design. Like I said, they approached us the end of last year and we, uh, we've we been shipping them for about a month now. Our dealers should have them. They're up on our website. Uh, it's available in both the Tetra and the Tetra Max series. And it's pretty, pretty unique, unique design for sure. That is pretty exciting, man. And that uh, that also with since you're using the Tetra, so then does it also work with the Kingpin as well, or does that require? Yeah, I know that goes in XYZ's uh, axis too. Yeah, I mean the Kingpin Kingpin actually went away last year. The last year, um, and is now the Tetra Max. So it's it's essentially the same site, just with a few new bells and whistles on it. So, um, but yeah, for people that do have older older Kingpins, older Tetras, we do have a, um, a conversion bracket that you can you can use to to mount that to the new to the new white bows. That is exciting news, man. I'm, I'm, I, now, do you have it set up on your bow yet? No, I'm a Matthews guy, so I'm uh, I'm I'm shooting a new. Uh, I just got an Atlas here uh, about three four weeks ago, so that's what I'll be shooting at Warren's this year is a new 2021 Matthews Atlas. So, oh okay, okay. So this is strictly for Hoyt. Strictly I thought Hoyt, maybe it was it's a proprietary product for Hoyt uh-huh. bows only. So, well, congratulations to landing that product, and that's that's pretty. It's a big win for that. For uh, that, uh, for that t- entire market for Hoyt users, you know. The Tetra was the first site that we introduced the infinite adjust system on the front end. 
With previous sites, we had what we call a hopscotch or plug-and-play type of scope housing, where you had to bolt the scope housing to the frame to find the correct location. The Tetra changed that with the infinite adjust system. So now, when you sight in your 20-yard mark, you can really fine-tune by sliding the whole scope housing up and down in this channel system. That's probably one of the biggest features to the Tetra. Another key feature of the Tetra is Ninja Star yardage wheel. Getting a better hold on the yardage wheel, especially when you're hunting and you have heavier gloves on. The Tetra does have 100 yard capabilities with the yardage tape and that's to the yard. A couple other key features of the Tetra is you get both third and second axis for even more precision. But one of the key features as far as looks goes is we've updated the front end or the housing of the Tetra. So now you have a brighter, larger uh, scope ring which helps with peep alignment as well as a built-in scope level which is just more secure. The Tetra is available in a fixed frame bracket with, with three different mounting locations as well as a dovetail or tournament edition uh, so you can adjust the distance that the scope housing is away from your bow and the Tetra is also available in three different scope housing sizes. You get an inch and five eighths, an inch and three quarter, as well as a new four pin multiple pin head. All the heads are interchangeable. All the Tetras are compatible with any of our accessories. For more information, you can visit our website at www.hhasports.com. Yeah, like I said, they only approached us and a couple of our competitors. And I know that uh, from, from what I'm hearing, not to toot our own horn, but I think we're, we're shipping better than the other two right now. So for people looking for white Picatinny sites, HHA is the, is the place to be, at least for now. So, Plus your wonderful customer service and that, uh, that wonderful warranty that you include. You bet. Yeah, no, that's something that we definitely like to hang our hats on. And it's, uh, it's bought us a lot of business over the years and a lot of loyalty from our customers. So. Yeah, that's uh, I'm, before I met you as a HHA loyal loyal uh, loyalist. So I tell I tell everybody it's like it's like if you may not have the money for it, it's like try to find it at a pawn shop or some way to get your one because all you're going to do is upgrade from there. Yeah, pre I mean pre social media and, and internet. I mean that's that's how we built our brand was on our you know one the quality of our product, but then our customer service and our lifetime warranty back in the 80s and 90s before all that other stuff really took off. That uh, that it was easier for people to spread us through word of mouth just because of the way that we stood behind our products. hundred percent. So um, I think we, we I want to talk to about uh, the HJA USA because it's like we, we my audience has been on here. We, we've heard Chris talk about it time and time again. What ended up like I was I was waiting to see like the totals of, of last year's outcome. Yeah. Do you guys have a, a total for all the, the charity all the money that was raised for charity? We did. In fact my uh we're we're a little late we don't we don't have to have our financials for our 501c3 turned into uncle sam until may so we're uh, we're getting those buttoned up now but we raised just under seventy thousand dollars last year across wisconsin it was 60 67 and change so over eight events i mean pretty pretty awesome that uh, i know it, 1016 archers i know that's how many attendees we had last year across eight eight shoots so uh and i just i have a feeling this year is going to be even bigger because more and more people are knowing about it and Obviously, with the uh, with the pandemic, people are tired of being inside, and I think the the outdoor shoots are going to be bigger than they than they have been in a long time. So I'm I'm excited. I, I don't I haven't really put a number out there. I don't I don't like to do that. Um, it's it's different when you're. Uh, I'm, this is my second full year having a 501c3, and it's very different having a for profit business and a non profit. You kind of have to 
th there's some things that, that apply and cross over, but some don't. So um, yeah, we want to raise money, but, but first and foremost, my, my biggest goal with HHA USA is just to raise awareness and appreciation for our veterans. And, and, you know, that might translate into dollars. It might not, but that's, that's what my goal is. And that's one of the reasons I'm starting my own podcast too, is just to spread that message more. So that, that, which is just fantastic to hear that you do it, that you're just taking all the influence over last year. Cause it's like with working myself and, and Eric Clark and Greg and all the LP, all this big, all this wonderful family. It's like, it's going to be welcome to bring you into it. Cause uh, Eric has started a group with the where to hunt, but it's like, it's for all for a smaller group of people. So we can all collaborate on different guests, but also cross promotion. Like I'm going to be work going on the SmackDown podcast on May 4th. So it's like, I think it's going to be a whole, uh, May the fourth be with you type feeling, but it's gonna be a, it's gonna be because it's like there's gonna be four of us guys being a part of it. So I'm pretty excited about all that. That's cool. Thanks for the Star Wars shout out too. I'm a big uh, big Star Wars geek. So oh, I'm likewise here. It's like you may not see it because with all the stuff in the background, but it's like I, I love Star Wars, big big fan. Yep, yep. Now uh, with uh, with the cause now the scramble is something that's new that I signed up for. Like what? Uh, what? Uh, whose whose idea was was for the, for the scramble at at, the, at night on at Warren? That was Chad Kleifkin, which Chad is the I don't think he's president anymore, but he was a he's one of the board members, one of the higher ups at the at the club, and kind of a funny backstory on him and I. I graduated high school in 1993, so 1991. Um, I tried out for the basketball team. I had I had good natural talent, but I never did anything to sharpen it. I, I was too busy working 40 and 50 hours a week, putting archery products together instead of going to basketball camp with all my buddies. So long story short, I was the last guy to get cut off the team uh, my first year of high school. And I, I briefly met Chad there. And then we kind of went our separate ways. 26, 27 years passed. I didn't see him. And I actually ran into him at one of my shoots two years ago. I see this guy wearing a red, white, and blue Matthews hat. And I'm like, man, that's a sweet hat. I got to get one of those. So I go over and I start talking to him and I'm like, Chad. And yeah, here it is, you know, a quarter century passes and come to find out as soon as he got out of high school, he went into the service. He just retired last year. He's become one of our volunteers now. Um, obviously very, very passionate about what we're doing, being a veteran himself. So, but it was his, his idea. I kind of got off on a little rabbit trail there, but his idea for the scramble, um, and we're, we're pretty excited about that. So we're doing uh, 44 shooters, 22 teams. So that was his idea. He wanted to raise awareness for the 22 a day that commit suicide. Um, and then we're doing 60% payout. 40% of it is going back to uh, a veterans organization in our area here that, uh, that works to get um, servicemen and women out, uh, out hunting. So pretty, pretty cool concept. That is pretty neat. I like, I'm, I'm excited to meet Cliff. Excuse me, Chad, with the, with the, his uh, like this his uh his knowledge and in, in, uh maybe even because this cause this is a um, a random pairing correct yeah it's like you don't know who your who your partner's gonna be yep it'll be random draw so there's I mean there's people coming from well like I said I've got a veteran coming in from uh, San Antonio and his buddy's flying in from Maryland to meet him so we're gonna have two vets from out of state in there and then Tyson who did the podcast with us last year he's coming up from Iowa he's gonna be in it. Um, guy by the name of Shea Butler. I don't know if any of your fans are familiar with him, but I got introduced to him a couple months ago. He uh, he actually actually did these hats for us, Shea Butler hats. Uh, I'm sorry, not Shea Butler hats. It's a single acre hat company, but then he has a custom knife manufacturing business that he does, and he's making us eight 
Team 22 HHA USA knives that we're going to be auctioning off at all of these shoots. So uh, he lives just west of Chicago. So him and his wife and a couple of his buddies are coming up for the shoot and they're going to shoot the scramble and get to get to meet him face to face for the first time. And he's going to hand deliver all of our uh, all of our donations for the year. So pretty it's going to be a pretty big event. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, it will be. So then with the, the Toma Sparta or with the Warren shoot, what chapter is that supporting? Because I, I know last time we talked about it was for the lacrosse chapter. Yeah, that's free to modify. Is that still free, the case? Free to modify out of lacrosse. Yeah, so that's kind of how our, our platform works with our, our 501c3 is we take the first 22% we raise every year and we donate it back to three other military 501c3s that um, help combat PTSD by getting service men and women out hunting and fishing. And after that 22% is gone, then the balance of our funds plugs into the honor flight chapters where we host our shoots. So in this case, you know, that one's real close to lacrosse. So, you know, whatever funds we raise less 22% that Warren's will plug back into freedom honor flight out of lacrosse to send vets to DC. That is exciting. Now, is, are they going to be able to do that this year? Because I know last year they shut everything down. Fingers crossed. I'm actually scheduled to go as a guardian um, on our next flight out of Wausau. So I'm I'm hoping that they're going to do that in the in the fall. We, we haven't heard yet. I think they've I think national canceled everything through the end of July at this point. So either end of July or end of August. So they're they're still still hopeful for for fall flights, but we haven't heard anything yet. So. Yeah, neither have we neither at my company because we usually ask for volunteers, whether it be if you're being a guardian or if you're just going to be at the the airport to to assist. So nothing has come out yet to find out who, who, how many volunteers are going to need. So I'm hoping that everything works out smoothly for everything because it's like there's some states that are completely opened up. And there's still some that are still weighing out their options. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. I mean, they'll they'll get back in the air eventually. So for right now, we're just going to continue to do our thing and help them build up their uh, their resources and and be able to uh, to send some vets once uh, once the once the planes take off again. So that's that's going to be awesome for them because I know some of them want to get out there and at least get out of the Midwest for for a couple hours. Right, and uh, even with work here right now, it's like last like the VA is applying pressure to us to to tackle a lot of the rural areas, especially in the southwestern area because they want to because with the, the shutdown of 2020 there's a lot of veterans that didn't get a chance to get their benefits re-evaluated re- in some way so they're, they're we're really ramping up here with LHI that uh, get them get get uh, practitioners trained and ready to rock and roll so my days have been been busy just reaching out to practitioners in uh, Colorado and Wyoming and Montana just to get these guys that uh, to, to drive home the sales point but also to let them know like how to work how to understand the the training the VA wants these practitioners to go through. So when I do see these veterans, that they're they're more than prepped to be able to walk them, helping them out, and stuff like that, and then understand some special requests that uh, some some of the uh, veterans may have if something comes up. Sure. Now uh, let's see here. So now, how many teams? Now because I know you mentioned how many teams, but how many teams are? They're going to be broken down because I, I know you you asked me and several others are saying they're going to be participating. But how many people do you have signed up for the scramble? Scramble's full, so we're we're full at forty four. So it's going to be twenty two teams. So that, yeah, it filled up within about three days. It didn't take long. So yeah, it's very true. That's like as soon as I got the message from you, there was no doubt in my mind that I was not going to tell you no. Right. And I mean, even for, this, even for the people that can't shoot the scramble, I mean, the regular shoots twenty eight targets that run Saturday and Sunday from eight to three both days, and then we've got. Uh, you know, 40, 45 silent auction items that'll be up all weekend, thanks to all of our kind sponsors. So, um, and bringing food in again, I'm sure from uh, from somewhere. And 
it's a, it's a, it's a great club. We've also got, uh, I don't know, I don't know if you were there when Sam Ubel was up from Chase Nation and his guys. I don't remember if that was, that might've been Saturday. Were you there Sunday last year? I was there on Sunday. Okay. Now I think, the, I think, the, didn't they show up to, uh, Wausau that shoot? That was, was, uh, was, 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 that was, that was the guys from the breaking point. Breaking point. There we go. That's, yep, that's like cool. rocking their shirt today. I guess I just noticed that. So, but um, <laughs> yeah, another, another Wisconsin group. Uh, and they'll, they'll be at a couple of our shoots this year as well. Um, but yeah, Sam, Sam Ubel's out of uh, the Milwaukee area and him and his team are coming up and they're going to do like a 15 or 20 minute documentary on HHA USA. Well, that's exciting. That, that's really cool. Weekend of the Warren shoot. So yeah, make sure to uh, get your haircut and trim your beard because you'll probably be on camera. I, so yes, I will be definitely <laughs> on top of that because I know there's, there, there's, um, I know, uh, Chris Vega from Downridge Outdoors. He's going to be there. Yeah. Uh, he's bringing a friend of his, Chris Deeds. Yep. He's going to come in. He, actually, actually, we went to high school together. But it's been so many years ago that's like we kind of didn't even recognize because I'm three years ahead of him. And by the time we would have crossed paths, I was already in Minnesota. So we were chit chatting yesterday about the upcoming site. He's bringing the whole family. So we're really excited to, to get out there. And, and uh, I donated some of my, my old gear to, to Chris Vega for the Downrange Outdoors. And he happened to be one of the lucky recipients to, to get a backpack and some gear. So it's like he's really grateful for it because now it gets him out of the house for. A few days out of the fall. Yeah, I'm excited to meet those guys as well. I didn't know that you and uh, uh, and Chris Dietz were uh, were high school buddies. So, hello, we're at the 2020 ATA show at uh, Veteran Innovative Products, uh, an all-American made and manufactured broadhead. So we've got a new one for 2020 called the Combat Veteran Four Blade. As you can see, four blades got a lot of the same high quality materials we use with our original two blade veteran, but the Combat Veteran has a different deployment system. How it deploys is you just squeeze a little bit on your main blades, okay? Those compress and then the broadhead opens. It still has our momentum management compressible blade technology. So the cutting diameter is inch and a quarter by two inches on this when deployed uh, in flight. It's one inch by inch and a quarter. Another feature we added this year with these heads uh, is that you can exchange the bone breaching field point tip with a 125 grain setup if you would like. So swap the tip out, get you 125 grains instead of 100, which is big with those Western hunters. And then it's really simple to lock back in place, roll those blades up, and then it's a click and another click on the other side. It's completely set in will not prematurely deploy, will not rattle free, solid containment, 100% deployment every time. So we've made a lot of good adjustments and refinements to it to make sure that it's guaranteed to deploy every single time. So that's what's new for VIP this year. We're not buddies, but but went to school together. Yeah, it was, it was pretty exciting. So and then, um, let's see here. I know a friend of mine down in, uh, in uh, Louisiana, his name is Jim, uh, Jim Morton, he wanted to talk to you. Or like uh, he's right now, he's out in Texas, or turkey hunting because he's he really he makes custom turkey calls, and uh, he's been so busy that he hasn't he hasn't been returning uh, my my uh, response and text messages. But he wanted to donate some of his uh, calls to the to the cause oh, because he's a, he's a he's a Leo officer down there, and he just he just he, this is his side project that helps pay for him and his kids to go out hunting in Montana and Kentucky and all wherever he can find spot to get out. It's a good uh, good hobby to have, and it obviously pays for another hobby that he likes. So, exactly, and plus some of his his calls have won awards too, as <laughs> well. So it's like it's he's he's um, been doing it for a minute, and he just had, having a blast. He's 
is uh, Big J Big J Calls out, out of Louisiana. He was on a podcast here a few months back, and man, he's just excited about the whole the whole. He's like he loves the concept of HK USA, and so he's um, not sure what he's done to promote it down there. But you never know when somebody gets a wild hair to come fly up to Wisconsin. Yeah, I've got, I mean, there's a bunch of people coming in from out of state for this shoot, but then I've got uh, a few other friends and, and pro staffers from HHA that are going to be coming in this year. I've got a guy coming up from St. Louis, somebody coming from Michigan. I think another guy flying in from Georgia. So we're going to have a have a few out-of-town guests this summer. It's pretty pretty humbling, uh, you know, with this cause that it draws people from that far away. It's pretty pretty neat. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, um, on my other podcast, I do. I, I we interviewed um, Philo Roberto. Um, what, I can't remember his last name, but he goes by Philo. He's a longtime martial artist, but he is a blades work kind of guy. But he works with um, Philo Craft Survival. He's going to be coming up here after you find out like what I do and I'm, and what I what my connection up here in Wisconsin. He decides like let's do a hunt. And so he wants to come on up here. I'm hoping that he'll come up during one of the shoots in August so I can take him up here and introduce to everybody up here. And he makes some fantastic blades because his whole thing is about um, practical and they're, they're, they're high-end knives for people that deal with um, self-defense, for Leos, and the military office. Okay. Yeah, so he's he's quite the... He's excited about it because he wants to get average some, uh, some Wisconsin pipe because he's from originally from uh, New York. But he moved down. He's he's located in Kentucky. Okay, yeah, it's amazing the people that we meet from from all across the country that have the same same passion as we do. So, yeah, and I'm, and, and I don't know if you saw us, but uh, Brian Austin from Big uh, Big uh, Beast Mode Archery Challenge. He's he's now incorporated a crossbow challenge with that stuff like that too. So I'm I'm hoping he's able to attend a couple of these events because right now he's really geared up towards his big event in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I haven't texted Brian for uh, for a month or so, but I know he's got that PA event going on. So, and we're we're possibly thinking about doing something out in the Carolinas with uh, with NASCAR next year. I can't confirm that for sure, but that came up in conversation with one of my friends in the garage here in the last month or so, and that's always been something I've wanted to do. So, we might uh, if we pull the trigger on that, we'll let Brian join us too because I think uh, those NASCAR guys would get a kick out of what he does. Oh, uh, hands down! Every time I look at him, it reminds me of Ginger or uh, yeah, Ginger Billy. Or, yeah, Ginger Billy. It's, he's a, a social media commentator. It's like he's he's, he's a comedian. He's absolutely hilarious. But he's got the same stature. He's just built like a brick shit house. And uh, every time I look at him, it's like it's just I'm waiting for him to go into an, uh, a uh, an accent, just act all uh, unique in his own way. But Brian, <laughs> like, he has his own podcast now with him and John, so that's turned out really well. Yeah, I, I haven't had a chance to check that out yet, but yeah, he's become a good friend and is passionate about what we do as well. He uh, <clears throat> he set up a, an event last year where I think they were doing 22 push-ups and then they had to shoot an arrow at his events to raise money for HHA. So he's he's sold out on our cause and a big HHA fan as well, and he's become a good, uh, really good friend. So Yeah, have you ever done his, uh, his, his routine? For at the, no, you know, with the burpees I, and everything. For as skinny as I was, I'd have a hard time running out to my mailbox right now. So I'm going to have to train <laughs> up to to attend the BMAC games. I think so. The the first time I met him, that we got he he reached out to me because he liked my podcast. And when we sat down and had a chat, so I, I did the whole course with him when they did it out there at Tyrell Basin, and that is no joke. I mean, I, I managed to go to the, make it from the start to complete, but boy, I it's like you let you know where you need to work on. Yeah. I should uh, I should hop on my my elliptical here for a few months and, and grab my bow and go down and do one of his events just to support him and try it out and see see how I stack up. But 
Yeah, I'm I'm definitely not in uh, not in beast mode shape right now. Yeah, neither neither am I. So I completely understand that right there. So now, how many of you have uh, eight events this year or nine events? Eight. Yeah, we were we're we were tossing around possibly a ninth one, but right now it looks like eight. So that's that's going to be plenty. We're basically our our first one is here is in mid May, and we have eight events and eighteen weekends. So we wrap up uh, Labor Day weekend where you and I. Well, actually, I think Brian and I and you sat down and did a did a podcast in uh, Wapaka last year. So that's where we. That's, that's where we wrap our schedule up this year. We actually have two events there this year. So, yeah, because I know that so when you you and I were talking that you are later down uh, down the road at Stevens Point that you were going to do the uh, one weekend, possibly doing a Fourth of July again and Labor Day. Is that still on the schedule? Well, we did Fourth of July last year, and we we liked them. They liked us, and they said let's do two events next year. So we we gave them Fourth of July back, but then they're letting us do Memorial Day and Labor Day. So that's that's the only three shoots that they put on. That's uh, the Chain of Lakes Conservation Club in Wapaka, but it's a, well, you were there. I mean, that's a very well-attended event. It's probably one of the bigger 3D shoots in the in the state every year. They, people wonder, I know when I first heard about it, I'm like, why would you want to do a, a holiday weekend? Can you possibly have anybody show up? And they'll have between 350 and 400 archers show up that weekend. So, Yeah, because I was in, I, well, I met up with everybody on Friday. So I was just going there to meet up with Brian and John. And then you happen to be there, and it just it, the the stars align. You know, it's, it was meant to happen, yep. and uh, it was it's a beautiful course, very challenging, very nice one, and it's it's tucked back in there. So anybody that's listening to this podcast, like I encourage you to get out there to at least one of the three events because I know I will make at least one. Yeah, I mean, all of our courses are are nice that we go to. Every one of the clubs they're very well maintained. They're they're fun. They're challenging courses, but uh, I mean, Chain of Lakes has just been blessed with their their topography. I mean, they've got a little bit of. Rolling hills, not a lot, but uh, the the cool thing is the river running through it. Uh, you have to shoot your way across and shoot your way back, and and usually by the time I'm on that back leg, the the clubhouse is strategically located right upwind from the last couple targets, and their burgers are, I think are probably some of the best in the county. So by the time I get to one of those last two targets, I'm I'm getting pretty hungry, and I I end up dropping a few tens and twelves for an eight or even an occasional five if I get too hungry, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, they were very accommodating for us. Because we even set aside a spot in the shade for us. We're all four of us had a nice conversation. So I know with the upcoming event, I'm definitely bringing on my microphones. I'm gonna see, I have uh, I'm gonna talk to my friends and, and borrow a fourth one so I can have all four uh, four um, lines going. So this way I can have four people in the podcast and then on top of that pass them around. Because I had a chance to sit down with uh, Forgotten Trails. They're based out of Ohio. We had five people on the podcast, and it went without a problem. Everybody was able to speak, have a time to chime in. So, like, I've been branched. I've been excited to doing bigger uh, conversations, and with that experience, like, I think we'd be able. To, I'd be able to pull it off at this upcoming event, especially going to be live. So, or well, it won't be necessarily live, but it will have so many people involved to be able to chip, ch- uh, chime in because. I'm looking forward to shooting it this year because last year we, we went out there, but my wife and I didn't bring our bows because she wasn't in the mood to shoot. And then we're sitting there and we're waiting and waiting. And it's like, oh, we should have brought our bows. We should have brought it. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. So we're going to both going to shoot it this year. That's one you definitely want to shoot. You're talking about coming up for Memorial Day, you're hoping? Uh, uh, for, well, Warren's. Memorial Day is my dad's birthday. Oh, gotcha. So that's traditionally we spend uh, that day either with him or on the water. It all depends on what. Uh, the skies will provide because sometimes it will be beautiful and sunny outside or it'll be raining. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, we were, first we were talking about, uh, Warren's, then we jumped up to, 
to Chain of Lakes. So I didn't know which one you were talking about. But, uh, oh, I do apologize. Yeah, I'll probably make it out there for the Fourth of July one, if not the Labor Day one, because that one's always uh, that weekend's always free. Because uh, we we uh, with my schedule with with the, how we work with my daughter and stuff like that to, to accommodate, she's with her grandma's on that because that's her grandma's birthday and my dad's birthday is on uh, Memorial Day weekend. So it's kind of way how we balance everything out to create a create a nice. Uh, equilibrium between everything so it'll be fun to get her out to one of these shoots this way and she has a bow too as well well how long how much you pay the attention we'll see but uh if i happen to be out there with travis rag's dad will be able to he'll be able to play with she'll be able to play with max very cool yeah that uh forgot to turn my ringer off that uh that labor day shoot is always a good one because it's uh uh it's, it's their last shoot of the year. It's a great tune-up right before archery season opens here in Wisconsin. And that'll be, like I said, it's our that's our eighth event of the year. So we'll have a pretty good idea at that point how we're going to wrap up the 2021 season. And we always have our biggest silent auction of the year, our last shoot too. So it should be a, should be a good one. That's very true. Is there, um, let's see here. Um, hmm. For something that talks a lot, I really kind of, it's like I'm struggling to come up with another topic here. <laughs> Um, I'm just trying to think, I mean, we, we've got, I, I guess I could go over a little bit of our schedule a little bit more, even though I know your obviously your podcast is all across the country and not everybody's gonna be able to attend these events, but I mean, we've got, yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into it with eight shoots, you know, that first one in Toma Warren's that, uh, that our first event was with those guys last year in August, we decided to move it up to May of this year, but we had a really, really strong event. And, um, like I said, unfortunately the scramble is already sold out, but that's going to be pretty exciting because that's going to be Saturday night after the regular shoots over and, with it being early part of May or mid-May yet, uh, the scramble is going to start at 5.30, so it actually should end under the lights, which would be kind of cool just to, to be able to uh, to say that we're shooting under the lights, and it'll be good for for film for the Chase Nation guys, too. So I'm I'm excited about that one. And then two weeks later, we go to uh, Chain of Lakes there in Wapaka for uh, Memorial Day weekend. Two weeks after that, we're up in uh, Rib Mountain, just outside of Wausau. Uh, we've been doing that shoot from day one, even before I had my own nonprofit. I think this will be our fifth year up there. Uh, They've got a great club. Um, Ross Whitakey is is one of the head guys there. He uh, he's a veteran. He's a, a fire department up in the Wausau or Anago area now, and uh, become become good friends. He's actually one of our volunteers, and so a uh, great club there. Two weeks after that, I think that's the weekend before Fourth of July, we come home to our our hometown club where HHA kind of got it started, Antler Archers. So, and then uh, weekend after Fourth of July, we go over to the Fox Valley into Appleton. So I'm excited to get over into that that dirt we haven't really had a lot of events over there yet so um the uh, twin city rod and gun club's got a really nice nice course there a couple of my volunteers and i went and shot that last summer and kind of checked it out and and so that's one of our new stops on the calendar this year and then um i think two weeks after that we hit uh blackhawk and custer which i know you were there last year that's a fun course i'm really impressed with what they did and how they really put some energy into it and i think we'll probably do another fun weekend for that one too, because like what's what my wife and I did, we spent the whole entire weekend up there. We shot out on Saturday, and Sunday we hung out with where to or no, that's, uh, Saturday we hung out with where to hunt guys, and then Sunday we're there for the silent auction. That's where I met Doc, and Doc and I still talk almost on the daily, depending on what kind of information I find for him, because he's always always likes to know what's going on in the um, in the world. So I always try to find him some information, whether it be going on with the Taiwan, Australia, or even going here in the states. Yeah, no, they've got a great club there and, and just did a nice renovation on it. The UWSP archery team actually shoots out of there. So that, that's only a you know 15 minute drive from Stevens Point. So that's a that's a great club. And uh, their president, archery guy that's the head of their archery team is also on our, our volunteer squad now. And he's a he's a veteran as well. So 
Um, and then we wrap up two weeks later at uh, Channel Lakes and uh, Wapaka again. So yeah, it's going to be a busy, busy summer. Um, God bless my wife. She's uh, she's as patient as the day is long. And and even though I'm the face of HHA USA, she helps out so much behind the scenes with uh, with shuffling the money and getting uh, getting the door prizes and auction stuff ready for me. And uh, she just she's a she's an unsung hero on this team that uh, it wouldn't be possible to have it without without her. So I just gonna gonna give her some some love on the airwaves here. So she's a she's a sweetheart, and I wouldn't be able to do what I do without her. So yeah, Lisa's been a rock for me because you got to meet her a couple times. So and she's the one that lets me go on these fun, crazy adventures. So it's, she's been able to make sure everything is taken care of on time, but then allows me to go and have some fun. Yeah. And it's just like, it's, it's been a, been a blessing since we've been married and we've been together for, for a few years now. It's like, it's just been an awesome blast. You bet. Yeah, no. And Holly's dad is a, is a Vietnam veteran. I actually got to go on the honor flight with him. In fact, that was him and I that I posted on Instagram yesterday. So that was a, that was an awesome day. And, He's just been really, really instrumental in uh, uh, number one, just who I am as a man. I mean, my my walk of faith that I've had here the last five or six years. He's just been he's been great, and uh, I just have the utmost respect for him and service he he provided for our country. It's it was a, it was an honor to go go on that flight with him. So we would like to just take a second to help you make the final decision on your new Kydex holster. We the People offers all American-made holsters designed for everyday carry. Whether it's inside the waistband or outside, these holsters are made with quality and don't break your bank like other high-end holster companies. And plus, they offer free shipping on all orders in the USA. So go have a look, and while you're at it, check out what else they have to offer. Merch link in bio. That is that is a, a heartwarming experience right there. I myself have not been able to do it yet, but it's like I've gone to like the the Peoria, Illinois uh, monument there now is really nice. I got a, got a picture with my uh, father-in-law and kind of went through and kind of gave it. He's very big in history in, in the Illinois area. So it's like it was nice to have him break down some interesting stuff that he encountered because he also works for the EPA. So he travels all over the area. So he was able to put in some insight about uh, certain uh, members that are on the board, the service members that have fallen. And so it was it was very Historic is like it's always nice to listen to him talk when, especially when he deep dives into something that he's really passionate. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned history because that, um, not that we ever, you and I are both talkers, we don't struggle for things to talk about. But one thing I haven't talked about a lot in the podcast with HHA USA is I've come across two really awesome books in the last couple of years, just since I've gotten more into Honor Flight and, and supporting our veterans. And um, met a guy by the name of Zach Coco through social media um lives out in san diego but he is an honor flight photographer so he's gone on several different honor flights around the country and taken pictures you know gets the gets the pictures of the day he's like the wedding photographer for honor flight if you will and uh his grandfather was in world war ii but he passed away before he had an opportunity to go on the flight so zach made it his mission to get as many photographs stories uh written and videotaped of World War II vets, surviving World War II vets that he could, and put this coffee table book together. It's a 12 by 12 book that's about 200 pages. Um, I just got done reading that shortly before Christmas, and what a what an awesome read. I mean, it's just, it's a very well put together, it's a, it's a quality looking product, the book itself, but then once you actually get into the material, I mean, I just, I get goosebumps talking about it. I mean, that's, that's the greatest generation, and you hear stories from the guys that were at D-Day, they were at Iwo Jima, to the nurses, to you name it. I mean, it, it's just a great representation of what World War II was about. And so 
Um, I say all that. I, I contacted Zach here a couple of weeks ago and I'm waiting for him to show up from the mailman, but he actually autographed eight copies of those books. And so I'm going to have a signed copy of it at every one of our shoots on the silent auction, just because I feel that it's very important to, to continue that history and get that out there for, for people to read about it. So that's exciting. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could have had a chance to meet my, my wife's uh, great grandpa. He was, he served in World War II. He was there on D-Day. And so he managed to make it all the way there and make it all the way back and had five wonderful daughters. And he was a farmer there in Illinois. And one of his, one of his biggest uh, innovations that he made a part for John Deere is still currently in production. So <laughs> he's still getting paid on dividends on that. And it's just amazing on what a guy can go through and just come back. And he's always been a, a well-driven man. I, I, I didn't get a chance to meet him, but I think it would have been a lot of fun to uh, talk about some of the experiences and stuff like that. Because with my my uncle, he served in Viet, uh, Vietnam, and he's getting up there in age, and he doesn't really talk a whole lot about experience about Vietnam, but he likes to talk about what he did at the barracks and on the ship, because he's an, he was a uh, uh, seaman on, one, on a couple of battleships and such. But uh, he like especially when he gets talking about uh, Agent Orange and such in Camp Lejeune, he's a little passionate about that situation, because when he was there, like some of his, one of one of his roles was to actually dump that Agent Orange into the bays there to help find mines and, and ships stuff like that. Not well, he hasn't had some of the side effects that some of them had after their experience with that chemical. Yeah, I'm just starting to read about that. That's the that's the other book that I got. Um, Old Glory Honor Flight is out of the Appleton Green Bay area, so that's another one that we support. Um, in fact, just the way that our schedule fell this year, four of our I believe four. Yeah, four of our eight events will go back to Old Glory Honor Flight. So they did something back in, I believe it was January of 2019, that no honor flight in the country's ever done. And they actually flew 52 Vietnam veterans back to Vietnam for two weeks. What, did that, they were able to do that in 2019 or 2020? 2019. Okay. Yeah, so this was Jan, January of 2019. This was obviously pre-COVID. But uh, yeah, they had, I think they had over 600 sign up and then they just did a random draw and they, they selected 52 veterans to take back to Vietnam. And then they put together a 400-page book with uh, with stories on all of those men and and then the story of this this return to Nam, so I've actually got uh, got copies of those that I'll be be having up for auction at our at our shoots too. But again, just an awesome piece of history from from that war, you know, firsthand experience from from fifty two veterans. So, wow. now were, they, were these veterans selected from all around the country, or just just here in Wisconsin? This was just Northeast Wisconsin, so that's that's you know the the ones that. Uh, the the Green Bay Appleton kind of Fox Valley area that's that's what Old Glory Honor Flight that's the area they serve so yeah they were all northeastern Wisconsin veterans so that's that's amazing now because last year and I talked about they wanted to do a honor flight to Korea do you think that's going to be on the table for twenty one or twenty two possibly I mean I think once things I hate to say the word get back to normal but once once we get some kind of normalcy back I think those things will resume and I think for as successful as the as the trip to Nam was I don't know I don't know why they wouldn't do it so. Yeah, exactly. I think it'd be fantastic. I wish my grandpa was still alive because he served in the Korean War and he survived some major things. He had a, he got shot four times, had a grenade launch, the grenade go out next to him that he took a majority of the shrapnel from. So hmm. it, he was just a remarkable guy and he came back and raised seven kids, eight kids. So wow. yeah, massive family man. Yeah. Yeah. I just met a Korean War veteran at uh, Walmart yesterday. I always keep my eyes peeled for, for those veteran hats. And I, I saw a gentleman actually walking around with a never forgotten honor flight hat on. So I knew that he had gone on the flight and I just stopped him and talked to him briefly and thanked him for his service. And he 
volunteered that he was in Korea and went on the flight and just really enjoyed it. So it's, uh, it's always, it's always nice talking to those folks. So. Yeah, exactly. And especially like, I really enjoyed like seeing Dale Tyson, like his whole motivation on getting soldier um, vets back in the tree stand, stuff like that. And, uh, his whole program with the sticks and stones and the dust off project. I mean, it's just been flourishing for him because he's always, he's always busy, he's always doing something. It's, it's awesome to see that. I mean, he's become a good friend of mine and I just absolutely love his passion. I love what he's doing. And that's, that's my goal for HHA USA over time is for this thing to, you know, expand to other States and to, to find more Tysons. And, you know, this gentleman that's coming up from Texas, there's so many people that when they hear what we're doing, they want to be a part of it. So, I mean, that movement is only going to continue to grow and get bigger. So we're going to be able to help more and more people. Yeah. I don't know if I had a chance to tell you this, but uh, last year when I posted that, that podcast with Tyson, within the first few hours of it being uh, being live, I got a DM from a gentleman out in South Carolina, out East, that he, he had a couple old bows that were newer than 2020 or 2013. And he sent them over to Tyson and got them all right, ready to rock and roll for, for a couple of lucky uh, vets. So I thought that was pretty really cool that 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 episode had such a quick response. No, that's awesome. I mean, I've I've heard several stories where archery or putting a bow and arrow in a veteran's hands has has saved their life. I mean, they, the the PTSD was so bad to the point where they didn't want to they didn't want to go on and and archery changed that. So I mean, if we can if we can have one story like that come out of what we're doing, however long I'm blessed to be able to do this, it's it's going to be worth it. Hundred percent, yeah. I even I have, I have a couple of gifts I'm going to give to Tyson when I see them. When I see him next, I've been holding on. I just haven't made that far south into Iowa to drop him off. But now it's like it's it's, it's just and now everything coming into into focus. And he'll be here in a few weeks. So it's like perfect. I'll be able to give some of my old gear that will lately help somebody out. I'm not going to tell it over the air, so it'd be kind of, I don't want him to listen to it and find out. So right. it's going to be he's going to be he's going to be happy that. Uh, some of the stuff that I'm going to provide for him. So this way then he can put it on a bow and let somebody else enjoy it. Like as much as I did yeah, for the new Tetra site. Great, uh, great program that he's got going on there. And I just, I hope it continues to grow for him. So exactly. And, and even uh, uh, Chris Vega, it's like he's wanted to get more into doing more fishing stuff as well. So he's got a bunch of different, um, he's trying to get himself lined up for this fall, but the things are, he has to get some of the stuff is, um, uh, Ducks in a row for this upcoming fall, but I think he's going to have another good year because he only got one veteran out last year, but hopefully this year he'll have a couple more to be able to work out. Sure. Build on all that information here. So let's see here now. Uh, what is the best way to find HHAUS? Is there a .com for it by chance or just .org. Yep. social media? Yep, HHAUSA.org. That's our, our website. That's got... Uh all of our shoots are posted on there and a little bit kind of about us, what we're, what we're all about, a little bit more of a deep dive on our partnerships and all of our sponsors are on there. Um, anybody looking to make donations, I, I get that quite often. You know, if we post a shoot, people will ask, well, I live halfway across the country. How can I help? So, I mean, we do have a donation uh, box on there as well. Um, and then we're on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and then um, on our actual HHA sports webpage, if you go to our gear section, any, any, branded HHA USA apparel. So like this hat that I'm wearing, we've got four or five hats, we've got a, a big frig tumbler, we've got a challenge coin, we've got a, a couple t-shirts, we're going to have a brand new atomic jersey here in a few weeks, you'll see those when you see us at the shoot. Um, all the profits from all that HHA USA branded apparel comes back to our uh, our nonprofit as well. So people can can support us that way too. So that's fantastic. Now I'm going to be including that uh, a link to all this on my uh, 
have a link tree. So this way, then all the information will be easy to find uh, on different platforms that, that the, the Bucks of America podcast is on. So it'll make things easier to find this, the shoots and the donation process and everything like that. So, man, Chris, it, this has always been a, a fun conversation with me. I'm looking forward to seeing you face to face in just a matter of days now. A few more sleeps and we'll be there. Yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll randomly get drawn and we can be partners together in that scramble here in three weeks. So that would be fun. That would be definitely a lot of fun, you know. And and uh, I'm going to try to get on Travis Reichstead's case to see if he'll be able to make it out to uh, Toma. I will shoot him a text as soon as we get off the phone here. So I'm I'm assuming you're bringing all your equipment there to do some podcasts too. Oh yes, hundred percent. I'm I'm going to line up uh, uh, a couple other vets to uh, to talk with you as well. So. I'm all for it. And uh, yeah, we can simply just DM me the information and I will sit down and talk to them and figure out if they're going to be there on Saturday or Sunday because I don't live that far away. So I'll be able, I'm going to be there for both events. So yep, both I'll, uh, I'll get those. You and I will talk here after this, but I'll, uh, I'll get those in the, in the works right now. So you can kind of get your weekend planned out and get them scheduled. So yeah, exactly. So Chris, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for what you do. You mean you, you, you have a beautiful project, a beautiful product everybody just loves it i mean thank you well i'm i'm humbled with our success on the on the for-profit side and i i I feel i've told a lot of people this you know when when you get to a certain level of success at some point you have to open your hands and give back and then when that epiphany hit me our veterans were there was no other choice of where to where to go with it so that's my that's my passion that's where i put my free time is into supporting those that defend our freedoms for us exactly well thank you for that You're welcome. We'll see you here in a few weeks, buddy. See you soon. Thanks.